Gosh, I liked hearing your singing this morning, even a cappella. I thought that we might have to do that all the time, or some of the time. I don't know, we'll see. I think you did a wonderful job. That was very joyful. I hope that you and your family had a wonderful and joyful time yesterday on Christmas Day, that uh, you enjoyed much Christmas cheer together, and uh, just enjoyed being with one another, and hope that you made some time to experience the true joy of Christmas in the coming of Christ and all of that. You know, we can do all things to the glory of Christ, even, even celebrate Christmas and have wonderful traditions and time with family. And uh, we're blessed by doing that. I hope that you were blessed yesterday with some Christmas joy. Remember how just last Sunday we looked at Mary's Christmas joy and how it, how it sprang from God's blessing her. Uh, she considered herself blessed. Uh, Elizabeth could look upon her and knowing that she was chosen, elected to bear the Son of God, who would be the Savior of the nations, that she was a blessed woman. Kind of in, kind of in Paul's words about being chosen for a, for a task in Ephesians when he says, it's by the grace of God that God graced me in this way. It was a special grace of God that Mary would bear the Lord Jesus Christ and, uh, and so Mary, Mary's joy came from real blessing that she received from God. We also think of God's blessing to the world when you gathered and read Scripture on Christmas Eve, uh, considering this first advent, the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ when he came as a baby, came to seek and to save the lost, God's blessing on the world. And also that incarnation that God, deity, became flesh, became man, the God-man, such that he was indeed Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, what a wonderful blessing that joy springs from. As great as an event as it was, the true joy of Christmas had quiet and humble beginnings, didn't it? Uh, we talked about that Christmas Eve. The Son of God was born into humble means as a vulnerable baby. And he was Emmanuel, God with us. And his faithful, obedient parents named him Jesus, which means God saves because he would save his people from their sins. So all of these things are Christmas joy. And we're going to look at more Christmas joy this morning, the shepherd's Christmas joy. If you want to take your sermon outline together, you'll see this sermon theme. True Christmas joy comes from receiving the good news proclaimed by the angelic hosts. We have salvation from our sins by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Surely we're filled with true and everlasting joy. Well, let's read this passage. I'm going to read chapter 2 of Luke. We're picking up right after Christ's birth, uh, which uh, were the verses on, from Christmas Eve in verse 8, and I'm going to read through verse 20. This is the Word of God. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them into heaven, 
the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Well, in the fields surrounding Bethlehem, as Jesus was being born, were flocks of sheep and goats being tended by shepherds. We have a fondness for shepherds, don't we? We have a fondness for Part of it's from the Charlie Brown Christmas special. That's part of it. The other part of it is that we remember brave shepherd David. He was a, he was a brave shepherd that fought off lions and bears in the Old Testament and protected his sheep. And, of course, we know Jesus from the Gospels is the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. He's the shepherd who would leave the 99 and go find the one lost sheep and bring them back and rejoice because he's the shepherd who came to seek and save the lost. But these shepherds are not that shepherd. Here's the truth about shepherds. At the time of Jesus' birth, the shepherd class were the lowest of the low class. That's the reputation that hired shepherds had earned for themselves. They were dirty and unclean, so they were socially unsociable and disliked. They went with the flock to find food and water so they were not closely supervised, so they, they drank and napped instead of tending the sheep. At night, when the nocturnal predators would attack the sheep, the shepherds would run or hide rather than fight. They protected themselves and abandoned the sheep. That is the reputation of these shepherds in the same region watching their flocks by night. Now, I'm going to speculate just a little bit, but it's not unreasonable speculation. When an angel of the Lord appeared to them, these shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, why do you think they were filled with great fear? Certainly this was a unique and shocking event. None of them had experienced this on the job before. Certainly, angels are impressive, even intimidating. This angel was shown forth the glory of the Lord, and the, that glory engulfs these shepherds, not just a bright light, but an unmistakable sense of the righteousness of God. That's glory shown. As in the light that shines in the darkness and is understood to be holy. So what kind of news were these shepherds afraid they may hear from this messenger of God who manifests the righteousness of God to them? Might they expect to hear a word of judgment? Yes. Might their sinfulness be obvious to these presumably Jewish shepherds in a Jewish region approached by an angel of God to the Jews who is righteous? Isn't it reasonable to speculate that in addition to being intimidated by the angel, that they were deathly afraid of what an angel, a righteous angel, might say to sinful poor shepherds in the fields where they lay? Yes! 
I think whenever sinners are confronted with righteousness of God, they ought to respond with fear. Isn't that why the good news of a Savior, rather than a judge, would erase fear and replace it with great joy? I think so. I think that's right. There's a reason why the news of a Savior would be such great joys because that's what stands in opposition to their great fear as sinful shepherds. And so here comes the news in verse 11. For unto you, shepherds, is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. I mean, right away... This angelic announcement corrals, gathers together a number of Old Testament prophecies that make this very, very good news. Born to you takes us to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, for to us a child is born. And to us a son is given. Jesus is this son. And Mary is this virgin. And he is the son of God by the Holy Spirit of God. The child is born in the city of David, the angels say, which is Bethlehem. We see the significance still in Isaiah's prophecy of the increase of his government and of peace. There will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Jesus fulfills God's covenant with King David. Jesus is his descendant who will reign in righteousness forevermore. This child whom the angels say is both Lord and Christ, that is the Messiah, the anointed one of God. Again, in Isaiah's prophecy, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And there's one more, Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Savior, born even to shepherds this day. The prophecy on Isaiah ends with this. The seal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And here in Luke, the Lord of hosts has sent his host, the angelic host, to announce this good news. A Savior should bring joy. See, joy is more than just happiness. We can choose to be happy. We can choose whether to be happy or not to be happy in good circumstances or in bad circumstances. But joy comes from something. Joy has substance to it. Joy issues forth from something meaningful. And the more meaningful, the more glorious the news is, the more joy it brings and the longer that joy lasts. There is no greater news than a Savior for our sins, who is God with us. It's our sins that have separated us from God, and now God's going to be with us because there's a Savior who takes care of our sin problem. So even if the shepherds were in shock at the good news and not yet sure how to respond, 
The angels break out in a joyful celebration on their behalf so that they can join in. Look at verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. You know what a multitude of heavenly host is. It's an army. It's an army. It's not just that the choir came. It's that the army came. And they happened to sing. Like, I don't know, like the Marine Corps choir or something like that. It's an army. God sent an army of angels to declare the good news of salvation in Christ. This gospel is not just something to sing about, though it is. It's enforceable. Salvation has been born this day in the promised city of the king. Salvation has come in the long-awaited Christ, the promised Savior, who will reign as Lord of all. Salvation has come. His name is Jesus. He's wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger, and there's an army with him because salvation has really come. So, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Let joy issue forth from your hearts, just as it issues forth from the angelic hosts. Don't hold back. Don't hold back joy. The Prince of Peace brings peace on earth. To whom? To those with whom God is pleased. And who are they? The ones who believe the good news. To those who will receive God's peace. To sinners who will humble themselves in obedience to this Savior. Shepherds can't go on in their sinful lives and please God. No, that won't bring peace on earth. That's that's still the definition of there's not peace on earth. Real peace is being offered through real repentance from sin and real committed faith in that Savior. Nails, spear shall pierce him through. The cross he borne for me, for you. Hail, hail, the word made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. That's what we sing. Like dirty shepherds, we were dead in our transgressions and sins against God, following the course of this world, walking as sons of disobedience, displeasing God with every impurity and earning his just wrath against us. But God is pleased with Jesus. That's whom he's pleased with. Because Jesus would suffer the punishment for our sin in our place. His gift to us is to be our substitute on the cross that we deserved. He atoned for our sins against God and gave us His righteousness before God so that in Christ and only in Christ, who is our peace, we would have real peace with God and true peace with one another even here on earth. But only by God's grace through faith 
in Christ Jesus. This gospel is good news of eternal life in Christ that brings eternal joy in God. Joy is not elusive in Christ. It colors everything. Do you have that life? Do you have that joy? If you have not received new life in Christ, then respond today to Christ as the shepherds respond right here in the gospel in verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. You know, it's just a little phrase back in verse 12. We pass by it quickly, but it's of great significance. You will find him. You will find him. You will find him if you look for him. You'll find him. You see, the angel's coming is an invitation. It's an invitation for these shepherds to act. The shepherds heard the good news of the Savior born for them this day. If they would look for him, if they would to behold the Savior, here's the sign that it's him. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Wait, what? I mean, that's what the shepherds want to do, I think. Wait, what? A baby? Not a warrior king on a horse? A baby lying in a manger, not, not seated on a throne? That's right. Remember, the prophecies being fulfilled and the promises being kept require this. If the shepherds would behold their Savior, they would look for him as a baby. But that was a specific and limited time offer, wasn't it? What about you? If you would behold your Savior, what would you look for? Two things, and they're in the passage. One, just like the shepherds, you would look for the Son whom God sent to be your Savior. Yes, the one born of a virgin, but also the one who would bear perfect witness to his Father all his life and do the work of his Father and accomplish the work of salvation to please his Father. You'd look for him. Same person. And where does one find him? Well, here's the second thing. Just like the shepherds, you would look for him in the Word of God. That's what the shepherds heard. It was spoken by angels, but it was the Word of God. You see, I don't think any angel will convince you. Oh, you might think so. Lord, if you just show up with an angel, I'd believe. I don't think that that would be the turning point. It's only by faith 
that you will believe the truth. No spiritual feeling, if that's what you're waiting for, or religious experience, if that's what you're trusting in, can be trusted. It's only by faith in the Word of God that you will find in the living Word of God, who is Jesus, the truth who will set you free and the truth who will sanctify you. There's no shortcut. My friend, there's no shortcut to hearing and thinking and understanding and believing by faith in the Savior who is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. There's no shortcut to being convinced and convicted of your sins against God and your full deserving of God's just judgment on your guilt. There's no shortcut to accepting that you are fully deserving of eternity in hell as the only just sentence that a truly righteous judge can render on sinners. And yet here we sinners are in a better position than those sinful shepherds. Do you know why? Because we have the full word of God. We have the New Testament in which we see convincingly the person of God's Son. We see convincingly His work on the cross to atone for sins. We see convincingly His resurrection from the grave and His ascension to the right hand of the Father. And even while you read and consider giving your life to the Savior who gave His life that you may have life, He continues His high priestly duties in heaven. Our eternal sacrifice, our eternal mediator, our eternal intercessor. Yes, of course the shepherds went with haste to find the good news. Of course they responded to the invitation. And they found Him. And filled with joy, they told everyone the word of God that they had heard from the angel and from the angelic hosts. And all who heard the gospel wondered at it. They pondered with amazement. That's what that word wonder means. They pondered with amazement at this unbelievable news that the long-ago promised Messiah was actually here in the village of Bethlehem. And they wondered, could this really be him? Mary treasured up all of these things in her heart. That's the second time we've heard that of Mary in the, in the narrative of his birth. Trying to take in everything having been told by an angel that she would give birth to the Son of God. Joseph, having accepted that Mary uh, was, was pregnant by the, by the Holy Spirit of God, was giving birth to the Son of God, and then naming him Jesus as he was told to do. She's taking all of this in, and now, now shepherds, people she doesn't even know, show up at the, the baby's bedside, the manger, and they come in mass, all of them together, to affirm that God himself is pleased with this, his son in the manger. The Prince of Peace, he's been called because he's going to accomplish peace on earth as spoken by heaven's army. It's an enforceable peace. That's a lot for us to understand by faith. That's why we read it and study it every year, year after year. It certainly was a lot for Mary to ponder. 
even as Jesus' life unfolded before her, lie, her eyes, even as she lived it out in real time, it's a lot to take in, a Savior of sins. Then came the time for the shepherds to walk back to the fields, to return to their flocks and their daily job responsibilities, to live out what they now believe to be true. Having heard the good news, the true gospel of a Savior born for them, they were filled with great joy. They were filled with great joy. The, the lowest of the low sinners in the outskirts of Bethlehem received this good news of a Savior and were filled with great joy. And their great joy then issued forth in praise and glory giving to God. Look at those crazy shepherds. What are they up to now? Praise and glory to God. Praise and glory to God. A Savior's been born. Tis Christ the Lord. Can you hear them in the streets? That's what they were doing. Having heard the good news, the true gospel of a Savior, born for them, filled with joy, praising God, giving glory to God. Brothers and sisters, by the grace of God, by faith in Christ, all that we have seen and heard is just as it's been told to us in the Word of God. That if you would seek God, if you would seek Christ and His kingdom, and his righteousness, everything else will be added to you. That's what's happening to the shepherds. They were told to go find the baby. They went and found the baby, and that baby was a Savior. And they believed the Word of God that he was the Savior. And they were filled with joy. It's the same for us. What was told to us in the Word of God, if you believe by faith, is true. You have salvation from your sins. And that one thing alone for the rest of your life should fill you with joy. I'm not going to hell. I should, but I'm not. Because of Christ. Because of the grace of God, because he sent a savior for a sinner like me. Joy. Joy. That never goes away. There is still much to wonder about in God's Word, isn't there? There's still much to learn and wonder about. So many promises of blessing to take in and apprehend by faith in our life. There's still much faith to be exercised and strengthened for us to persevere by day after day after day until there are no more days. Much faith to be had and exercised. And there is still much joy. It's not just a little now and it wanes. No, there's much joy because it's ever-increasing joy. It's ever-increasing joy as we experience the Savior, as we know Christ, to experience the Savior daily. Much ever-increasing joy to spread to others throughout our lifetime so that they might hear the good news of great joy, that a Savior is born unto them, if they would believe. 
For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior. He's Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, Father, for the gift of a Savior who redeems sinners by his own body and blood, his sacrifice on the cross. His payment was one of suffering and death that issued forth in life because he is the God-man, Jesus Christ, raised from the dead because he truly defeated sin and conquered death in our place and has given us his righteousness by faith in him. All of this is true of us now that we are in Christ and that we are a joyful people. Help us. Help us to allow that joy to issue forth in proclamation of the gospel, in proclamation of the great joy that Christ gives, and in praise and glory giving to God. It's our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.